Hello and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Weird booksmen. Tom? Uh-huh. We're embarking on a new journey. Yeah. Hey, these weird booksmen are getting even weirder. Tom, it's the holidays. Yeah. And what better book and movie combination and restaurant combination uh, better encapsulates the the holiday spirit than Forrest Gump. I mean, I don't think Forrest Gump uh, captures the holiday. Are like the holidays even in it? There's a New Year's Eve when Jenny's going to kill herself. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's about the only like holidays. (laughs) Uh, adjacent thing in Forrest Gump. Um, I mean, it's like a family movie. I think you know it is and it isn't. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's a family movie. It's decidedly, from what I understand, mm-hmm. not a family book. Yes. And I, and when I say a family movie, I think it's just like. It runs from like boomers who are like, oh, I remember that, right. to like little kids who are like, he talks funny and he's stupid. <laughs> right. It, it's got something for everyone. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to find, Tom, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the release date for this movie. I know it's 1994. I believe it was in the summer. Yeah, no, I'm trying to see if this was if this was a summer movie or if it was uh, like a Christmas movie. For no, the, I'm, holiday I'm movie. pretty sure it was a summer movie. Why why does IMDb have to be so confusing? I feel like it was a summer movie, but then maybe had a Christmas uh, VHS release. Hmm. And that might be why you're you're thinking of it that way. But yeah, go ahead and just, yeah, take as much time as you need to look it up. I'll just, I'll just look it up. Why, why, why does it matter? Uh, June 23rd, 1994. Okay. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah, I, I, you know, I pretty much agreed with you, but you know what? If we were in Hungary or Hong Kong, mm-hmm. it's a holiday release. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say, if we were in Hungary or Hong Kong, I could have you jailed for what you said. <laughs> uh, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the holidays, I thought we should <laughs> name this uh, this uh, this uh, endeavor. Uh-huh. It's like almost a season mini series. I guess it's like a mini series. Yeah, um, Odyssey. Yeah, let's call it an Odyssey of the mind. <laughs> this Odyssey of the mind. Here's my proposal. Okay, we call it. Uh, Here's my promposal. <laughs> Come to uh, prom with me. Books of the podcast. Forrest Gump. It's the most gumpterful time of the year. Oh yeah, because we were trying to figure this out. I I had a had a few yeah because we wanted people to sound off in the comments about what we should call this. Yeah. Because uh, the other ones, uh, I had dreaming of a gump Christmas, mm. and Forrest Gump is coming to town. <laughs> or or yeah, like you said. Uh, oh, you had uh, it's the most gumpterful time of the year. Is that That's what you exactly said? Exactly what I just said a minute ago. I thought you said it's a gumpterful life. Oh no! Yeah. Eh, same premise. Yeah, but we'll see. Surprisingly Sound up in the hard to find like a good gump p- 
pun. Yeah. Uh, Weird Al famously did it. <laughs> yeah. And it coincided with a, a big hit at the time. Well, when he did it, he broke the mold like he always does. Sure did. We were talking beforehand, and we can talk about movies for a minute, about yeah. uh, the movie Weird, the Al Yankovic story yeah. on the Roku channel. And you initially didn't like it. No, I was worried that it was just going to do the... Uh, like standard parody. The Dewey thing. Cox. Uh, yeah. What was that movie? Walk Hard. Yeah. Right. You know what? And people love that movie. I remember not liking that movie at all. And I love John C. Riley. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I don't I don't have the affection for it that other people I did. think I didn't like it for the reason you're talking about, where it was just kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, like just kind of seeing every joke coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they had to hit all the beats. And here's the thing, Tom. Mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of sleep. Like, I wake up very early in the morning because there's, yeah. ba- there's a baby in my house. Mm-hmm. A great baby. Yeah. I love very much. But he wakes me up early. Um, so at night, I'll start watching a movie, and mm-hmm. I'll fall asleep after 20 minutes, and I have to pick it up. So after the first 20 minutes, I dozed off, not yeah. because of the movie. And it seemed like it was just going to hit all the same beats. Oh, of, like okay. It's going to do all the biopic yeah. beats. And like I talked to you and I was like, eh, let me know what you think of this movie. Yeah. And I also like, I think it's kind of gone away, but there was like a real trend there for a while of like celebrities playing themselves as assholes. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I think this guy just is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, and it was like, eh, it's funny if it's like somebody known for being nice. But like so many times, it would be like somebody that's like, "Oh, I have no idea if this guy's nice or not." (laughs) Nice or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then, Tom, I watched the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. and was pleasantly surprised. I should have had more faith in Weird Al. Probably um, the artist that I've been uh, a huge fan of longer than anybody. First CD I ever bought. Yeah. Um, mine too. Yeah. Uh, well, no, the Wayne's World soundtrack, and then <laughs> and then Weird Al. Yeah. But uh, first cassette I ever bought. Um, but anyway, uh, it doesn't just follow the standard beats of a no. biopic. No, it goes parody. off the rails. It, it just goes completely bonkers. What a yeah. great movie. Yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe's great in it. Um, ah, mm. Daniel Radcliffe gets so ripped. I don't know. I mean, that's a funny joke in it, too. Well, and I definitely think, like, during the parts where he was shirtless, I was like, all right, I think Daniel Radcliffe did the, like, Marvel hunk thing here of, like, he didn't have any water for a few days before. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they were going to do that for uh, specific shots. Yeah, where it's like, I, which I appreciate, because it's like, the more ripped he is, the funnier this is. So, yeah. like, yeah, if he, like, went without food and water for a few days just to, like, extra cut, that's great. That's funny. But, obviously, he's, like, nor he did not get into that kind of shape to do the Weird Al movie. I don't like, know. Maybe he did. He's a maniac. Yeah, but I think he he's just... Also- Richer than we can ever imagine, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. never has to do anything again. No, which is why it's great that he's very much... Like, I saw actually uh, recently, like, I don't know, not even like rumors. Yeah, I guess rumors that like, oh, they're going to, you know, this uh, Fantastic Beast shit didn't work. So uh, uh, Warner's going to make uh, the musical, the Harry Potter Broadway into a movie. It wasn't a musical. 
It had, I think it was. I think it had some music in it. It wasn't. They, they didn't like sing songs. Though. <laughs> there was like a dance part at one really? point. Yeah, but it that. wasn't a musical. Yeah. You're right. Um, the but stage like, play, the yeah. cursed child, was it? Yeah, Harry Potter and the, the cursed, cursed child. child. Uh, they're they're gonna make that into a movie now. And I was just thinking, like, I don't think Daniel Radcliffe's gonna do that. And what the fuck? You're gonna recast Harry? Yeah. Like you can't do it. And it's like. I think you'd really have to like load up, back up the dump truck full of money to get him think, to do it. Like, do you think there is a number that would get Daniel Radcliffe there? Oh, I'm sure everybody's got a number. But like, I'm sure actually for him, somebody like him, it, it would have to be a percentage of the box office, yeah. I think. Because yeah. he, he would rightfully be like, I'm what people are paying to come right. see. So I want in on that. But uh, but again. But is he like, okay, so like what does he expect to make? Right, like he's sitting there with his accountant or yeah. whatever, his business manager. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we're going to negotiate. At the end of the day, I want to wind up with, if I make over $100 million, I'll do it. Yeah. Or is it like 25? No, I don't think it's 25. I think it would have to be like a... Even for me, a life-changing amount of money. Right. Uh, well, is... I think for him, it would be also like, A, like, oh, no, actually, like, fuck you guys. Like, I want to, like, take money out of um, J.K. Rowling's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> take I... food out of her mouth. Take... <laughs> I don't think she eats money. Yeah. I mean, she I think... She could. I, I, I would be surprised if he money. has... I think all those kids have, like, very complicated... Uh, relationships and ideas about her. Now. I'm not even talking about yeah. her. Like also, like the Warner Brothers executives. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm not. Look, I don't want to do this shit. Yeah, and like, and I'm gonna do this so you can send your kid to, or yeah, so you can, or, or so you can buy a sixth house or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, no, no I I want I'm money. coming for that money. I want to like put make a dent in yeah. that. Yeah, but they're not gonna. They'll make sure that won't happen. They're yeah. like, well, ma- we'll just make sure the gaffers don't get paid. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know because honestly, like nothing he's done in his career to this point post Harry Potter has indicated that he is like any because he's also he's like a a a fan favorite to play wolverine in Mm -hmm. like marvel nowadays and somebody asked him the other day in an interview and he gave like what i an honest answer that was also like that makes sense where he's just like no i'm not interested in like committing my life to something again and it's like, mm. yeah, if you're the new Wolverine, guess what? You're Wolverine for the next 20 years. Right. And it's like, no, that was my childhood. I had to do, uh, I had to make eight fucking movies. And all it did was make me <laughs> a huge star and a the, the no, multi, I, multi-millionaire. I, yeah, I, I shouldn't have said fucking movies. I, think, I know. I, I think he had a positive experience we overall. Get, hey, let's bring him in. Let's ask him about this. <laughs> but I think Hello. He, I think he would. Oh, I'm happy to answer any questions you got. <laughs> That's not what he sounds like. But I think he's just, you know, he doesn't want to get locked into. He's like, yeah. I did a lock in thing mm-hmm. once. There were good things and bad things, but I don't want to do that again. Well, so Tom I don't. I, channeling Harry Potter himself. Daniel I just, Radcliffe. I was just surprised reading all this stuff where. It's like no, they're like figuring it out. That you know, they're they're gonna do this, and it's like, 
that's very contingent on at least three of those people saying yes. Yeah. And so that's three people you've got to give like a tremendous payday to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least. Who's the other, the redheaded boy? Yeah. That redheaded boy. I think he would do it. Like, you know, he, he didn't get the, you know, I, I'm sure he didn't, didn't get paid as much. I didn't see any of the much. movies. Um, mm-hmm. Was he the weakest actor of them? No, I would argue he was like uh, the best actor in, really? in certain ones. Well, just like he was like the comedy relief. So like he was always like good as comic relief. Right. You know, kids kids can do comedy well. <laughs> Name one. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he's graded on a curve. I I think it. I think it's easier in a movie to tell a kid like after you say this make a funny face <laughs> right then it is like sometimes oh, they're a little too much of a ham though yeah he, he's definitely too much of a it's ham in the dirty early little secret of home alone sometimes <laughs> it's just like hey culkin tone it down about 15 percent the dirty little secret of home alone. <laughs> so that sometimes that eight-year-old isn't as funny as you think he is um, as he could be uh he yeah, I'm uh, just saying Chris Columbus could have could have worked him a little bit harder. Uh, Rupert Grint. Uh, Grint. Yeah, I was gonna say Grim, but Grint. Like, he definitely hammed it up in the early ones, and he got better as it went on. Yeah, Chris Columbus again. Yeah, Freaking, well, it's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I don't. I you know what? I don't know if he would come back necessarily. I think all of them are question marks because I think they're all like. Should I watch those movies? Yeah, they're I mean that's a good Christmas uh selection. They're they're uh, uh I think all of them have Christmas in them. It's like they all cover a full year. Right. Yeah. Mm. They're fun. They're good. I'm not going to watch them. Anyway, we're not here to talk about those. We're here to no, talk about No, we're here because it's the most gumpterful <laughs> time of the year. We're here to talk about gump. We're talking gump. Uh, Tim, did you rewatch the movie? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I rewatched it fairly recently. Uh huh. And then I like I didn't pay full attention rewatching it okay. yesterday, but uh, I, I I watched it. I did not. I've also seen this movie a thousand. Times. Yeah that that was my uh case where I was like I've seen this movie so many times. I'm going to rewatch some clips to like refresh myself. But even rewatching the clips, I was like, I, I remember all these word for word. I didn't yeah. need a refreshment. There wasn't anything that I rewatched. And I watched like a few like, uh, like video essays about it, like mm. some behind the scenes stuff, some like critical stuff. Uh, and even that stuff, it was all like, oh, yeah. Like there was nothing where I was like, oh, I forgot that that happened. Right. It was like, nah, it was all uh, all stuff I remember. And I want to say the reason we're doing uh, the movie first before yeah. the book is that uh, I think the movie uh, is an adaptation of the book. The yes. book came out first, I think, mm-hmm. 1985. Mm-hmm. And the movie completely deviates and strays from from the book. yeah apparently it's it's very different and people have suggested that we try doing the movie but i uh, i think they? i think in cases where it's a movie we're familiar with people have suggested that well that's the thing like which kind of makes like, sense it's like 
Forrest Gump the movie is so ingrained. Like, and I think the premise, the light premise of this is like we read the book and then we see the movie and see how they differ. It's like mm-hmm. we know the movie already. So let's, yeah, let's, let's get it out of the yeah, way. Yeah, let's get the thing we know out of the way. Um, one of these uh, videos I watched uh, made me really mad because it started out with this quote. Despite what you might think, Forrest Gump actually used a lot of special effects. Yeah, I'm that's like, Zemeckis' yeah, n- whole thing. No shit. Oh, I thought he really met John Lennon and JFK. Like, yeah, of course it's special effects. Like, I get that it's, you know, he doesn't put on Iron Man armor at any point. <laughs> but, uh, or have a fight in space. But obviously there's a lot of visual effects in it. Tom, mm-hmm. I just want to, very quickly, I'm doing a lot of housekeeping over yeah. here. You're trying to talk about the movie. <laughs> I want to thank Ian Witt for suggesting this. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having your wits about you. Yeah, and Corey Booth, who also who suggested also it. Suggested who suggested it? it first, though? Ian. Okay. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I get Quaker Corey. I mean, I think Corey was kind of seconding, seconding it. He's saying, hey, that's also a good idea. Aye, aye. Aye, aye, he yeah. said. <laughs> he's, he's Ian's first mate. <laughs> um, well, great suggestion. Thank you, boys. Yeah. Uh, Ian, and to a lesser extent, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> jumping on the Forrest Gump bandwagon <laughs> after Ian. But, you know, still good job, Corey. Look at uh, his profile picture. He looks like he could kick my ass. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a low bar. Corey, you seem very strong. Maybe not as uh, ripped as Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe in Weird, the Alvin Yankovic story. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's uh, like a pretty short guy. So yeah. maybe this guy's ripped and tall. Maybe not as ripped, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's got it, the way. Maybe you can just fall on him. And I wasn't saying enough. that they would fight. You said he couldn't beat up Daniel Radcliffe. No, I said he could kick my ass, and he doesn't look as ripped as Daniel Radcliffe. All right. Well, and then was and that I actually implied? said Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> uh, also, this visual effects thing that I watched. The visual effects in Forrest Gump are worse than I remember. I remember there was a. A TV special. Yeah. In all about. 1994, all about the visual effects. Yeah, because it was like It was amazing. on like ABC, like Sunday Night Prime yeah. Time or something. Is that uh, the time, the fact that they were like putting people who were dead using old footage mm-hmm. uh, into things was like mind-blowing. But now when you go back and watch it, it's like, Oh, I think they had somebody just like hand animate the mouth and not very well. Right. <laughs> when when somebody like John Lennon's talking and his mouth is going, bah, 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 no bah. religion too. But his mouth makes it look like he's saying, nah, 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 yeah. nah. <laughs> I hope that was clear to everybody at home. Yeah. They don't have the visual. You, you look like a ventriloquist dummy doing it. Yeah. The lips just did not match up with the mouth. And then like when his mouth. Everything was blurry too. Everything was blurry. And then when his mouth is open, it's like, oh, there's just black inside his mouth. Like they didn't. It doesn't look like a real mouth. Yeah. I'm not seeing like teeth or tongue. 
uh like a most now do you find that forgivable like uh you know you watch back to the future now another zemeckis joint Mm -hmm. and there's some you know green screen stuff in there that is very obvious and you're just like hey you know what that's what it was oh yeah i i think it's forgivable i think it's totally fine and i think in this it's used so sparingly yeah that doesn't really matter. I remember another big thing about this uh, movie in that probably in that same special on uh, was uh, the fact that they filmed the ping pong scenes without a ball, and then they they animated the oh, ball yeah, yeah. into after afterward. Yeah, I feel like there was. I mean, maybe this movie had a lot of stuff that maybe it's kind of victim to the. Uh, they did a lot of stuff that nobody was doing yet. So yeah. now it seems like, eh, because uh, I also saw like when Forrest Gump gives the speech at uh, like the uh, what, the Lincoln Memorial or Washington Monument, the, the, the mall there, the National mm-hmm. Mall, that they had 1,500 extras that they would move mm-hmm. and then shoot again, and then they combine them all into a plate. And it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's how you do that. So, I mean, now you would just populate that with CG Yeah, you do it in a computer. Yeah, but before they were doing that, it was like, oh, yeah, that's how they would just double up uh, things. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe they, uh, well, not maybe. I don't think, I don't think they were the first ones to do it. Maybe they were, but I think that was, you know, still a pretty rare thing yeah and they did a good job compositing it actually like the compositing in this is pretty good yeah i think i think we should get into the the plot at some no, point. no let's just get really into the nitty-gritty details of the visual but effects are you surprised i'm a little surprised mm-hmm. that robert zemeckis with this film and others like particularly the back to the futures um Never went back and did a, a Lucas and to a lesser extent yeah. a Spielberg where it's like, because he's so obsessed with technology. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised he wasn't like, no, I'm actually going to go and make this um, JFK scene look a lot more realistic now yeah. that now that I can. I think, I think maybe the difference is that Zemeckis doesn't have like the same level of uh, like ownership over these movies. Back to the Future, he does. Back to the Future, he does. But I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is a good uh, question that why he hasn't gone. I mean, I applaud the fact that he hasn't. I think it's uh, yeah. silly when people I think he do. Doesn't, doesn't care to. I think he doesn't care to. I think it's probably. I mean, the the thing is, what George Lucas was able to take advantage of was every time Star Wars was released on a new format, Fox knew, right? oh, we're going to sell 10 million videotapes or DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever, or Disney Plus is going to do a big thing, or we're going to put these back in the movie theater. And because of that, Lucas was able to say, Oh well, you're about to make another two hundred million off this. Yeah, I'm gonna take fifty million of that and redo a few things. Right. Um, it's wild though that between Back to the Future mm-hmm. and Forrest Gump, uh, is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Which like, yeah. I wouldn't 
touch a frame of that. Every every frame of that movie is perfect. Yeah, well, that movie said, looks incredible. And you've said in particular there are a few frames where you can see up Jessica Rabbit's dress that you. Uh... Yeah, and regrettably they they blurred those out on the laser disc that I bought to to get the so highest you would, resolution. You would change those back, just back to the original. No, that's word. what I'm saying. I I uh, I I think it's abhorrent <laughs> that they ever changed. They those. Yeah, like I was only talking underwear. about those frames. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I mean, and those are like what a run! Back to the Future into Roger Rabbit into uh, Forrest Gump, yeah. like, uh, uh, yeah, and he had something in there too, like Death Becomes Her. I think was also in there. Oh, okay, which was uh, a great well, movie as well. Well, and also like uh, known for its like special effects. Yeah, um, yeah, he really was like uh, the special effects yeah. guy for a minute. And yeah. I uh, mean, he still tried to be when he went into all that mocap shit. Yeah, and, and that was everybody's when it like, was like nah. please stop doing this. Go back to making good movies. Like, no, 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 no. And then he capped it off with fucking Welcome to Marwin. And uh, yeah. that, that might have been the worst movie I've ever seen. I, I haven't seen Welcome to Marwin. I keep meaning to watch it. Just no, to don't. See how it's bad not even. It is. The thing is, like, yeah. you think it's going to be like, oh, it's so bad. It's yeah. good. It's just like, no, it's just. It's so bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's just so. It's so bad that you want it to not well, be a movie that you're watching. And it's. It's weird. Yeah, he just kind of never made a great transition kind of where I feel like so much of uh, Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit, it was they weren't computer effects. It was but they like weren't practical effects either. There was kind of like just creativity of like, all right, how do we make it look like he's on a flying skateboard? Uh, yeah. In a realistic way, how do we animate these uh, cartoons in in a way where it doesn't look like we just drew on top of it? It looks like yeah. with the shadows and the lighting and everything. Do you know about bumping the lamp? Do you know that phrase? Yeah, where where uh, when uh, Roger and uh, what's his name Bob Has- Hoskins are handcuffed together. I forget who bumps the lamp, but the lamp. There's a lamp that is providing the light source, and, and it's swinging the whole time. It. Yeah, so like, it makes the the scene endlessly more complex to like animate and get yeah, the lighting right. The shadows and the lighting are right on Roger each time the lamp's swinging. Like, yeah. And, and it, it makes it so much harder, but also like really sells the idea yeah, that there's he's there. no reason to do that, like other than like selling the reality. Yeah. Of it. And and like that's shorthand for like, hey, actually go the extra mile and it it pays off. Um whereas like they could have just made sure that lamp that light source stayed yeah. stationary and like would have been fine it yeah they could, like, they could have made in that. most movie scenes the, there's not a moving light source yeah they could have made that movie without moving lights they could have kept the camera locked down all the yeah. time but that was it seemed like kind of his thing of like no i don't want to compromise on right. how i would shoot this otherwise right. um and forrest gump even like the computer stuff it's not even I don't know exactly how they did the uh, like uh, John Lennon and stuff, 
but I mean, it kind of seems like it's hand animated. I know there is some computer it stuff resurrected in it. him from the dead. <laughs> there's it's, some his heads all blown apart. There's some computer stuff in there, but it's like super minor. Where like there's a flock of birds that fly out of a field at one point, right. and apparently those are pure CGI. Oh, yeah. But like when you look at the behind the scenes footage of it, it's like, oh yeah, that looks like a PlayStation One. <laughs> But the camera's so far away that, yeah, you don't notice these birds are actually like, I don't know, 10 polygons each. Yeah. Uh, and same thing, I think, with uh, one of the jets in the Vietnam scene is uh, CGI. But again, it's like so small in the frame, you wouldn't notice it. Right. But the helicopters in the Vietnam, like, I think, and it is like one of the first scenes in Vietnam. You just see like 30 helicopters flying. Apparently the way they did that, they only had two helicopters and it sounds like they only did a couple of passes, but they had other cameras shooting those helicopters at like different focal lengths Hmm. and then composited it from all the cameras. So it was actually the same two helicopters, but they, you know, it it didn't look like they just shrunk a helicopter and put it in the background. It actually was shot at a different focal length, so I think it looked better mm-hmm. in the scene because of that. Well, I'm afraid of helicopters, Tom. <laughs> uh, right. Have you ever been in a helicopter? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Have you? Yeah, they're scary. I know. The whole <laughs> time I, I took a uh, tour of uh, Kauai. Oh, right. I remember, uh, yeah. And they brought us to the Jurassic Park filming scenes and yeah. stuff. Well, you were afraid of dinosaurs. Yeah, I was afraid a T-Rex was going to knock us right out of the sky. Yeah. I was afraid that I was going to... Uh, be on the electric fence when they turn the electric <laughs> back on. Uh, that guy's name was Tim too. I know. Guy. He was a kid. He's <laughs> <laughs> a guy. Um, before we talk about the actual movie, can we talk for a minute about uh, who almost was in this movie instead of who was in it? Uh, Forrest Grump. Uh, who was almost Forrest Grump? Almost Forrest Grump. John Travolta. Oh. Oh. At the same time as this... This movie and Pulp Fiction went head to head. Yeah, that summer. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how seriously he was considered. Yeah. Where, uh, where are you getting this list? Uh, from Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray. Okay. Which I could see. I don't think he would have yeah. done nearly as good of a job. But it's like, oh, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, this one I can't see. Chevy Chase. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, and then this person claims they were second choice, Sean Penn. Hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll just do I Am Sam, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll be just as good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that that th- as soon as I read that he was second choice, I was like, oh, that's why he did I Am Sam. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Tropic Thunder has the never go full R word <laughs> yeah. joke in it. Which I always assume was like, oh no, that Sean Penn, like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah, be Forrest, where it's yeah. like, oh, maybe he's just he's real got a low stupid. IQ, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, when you go full on, eh, yeah. problematic. People don't like it. People don't want to see it. It makes everybody uncomfortable. Um, Winston Groom's choice, the original author, mm-hmm. and this, I was like, huh. 
All right. I think he said like he might have written the book with this guy in mind. Uh, John Goodman? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, oh, I could see John Goodman, maybe. Freaking love John Goodman. Yeah, I mean, he's he's great in everything he's in, and especially if it's like a more morally dark forest, because that's, from what I've read, like, I've tried not to read too many book spoilers. Yeah. But that's like one of the big differences between the book and the movie, that in the book, it's like, oh, Forrest is not always a good-hearted person. Right. He's not always a good guy. Uh, that That's one thing the movie changed. Uh, so I could see John Goodman being uh, very good at that. Yeah, John Goodman. But I again, mean, I think it's like, oh, it, it would be basically a different character, right? Uh, almost Lieutenant Dan, and this is like good, good, but I think maybe not age wise. I don't think it would have worked. Uh, Joe Pesci. Hmm. I think he was a little too old to like believably. I don't know. Be, I mean, think about Joe Pesci in uh, Home Alone. Right. I he's he's much older. Not maybe not much older, but he's at least like ten years older than Gary Sinise. Let's see, Forrest Gump. Sorry, man. On my favorite website, <laughs> uh, how old were they then? Yeah. Well, if people don't know about this website. Fantastic. You can look up any movie and it will tell you how old everybody was when they made the movie. Gary Sinise was 39 in Forrest Gump oh, okay. in 1994. Um, Tom Hanks was like 38, I want to say. Tom Hanks was, sorry. Um, let me get rid of that. Tom Hanks was, come on, man. God damn. <laughs> Tim has switched from his phone to the from computer. The phone now to you the know computer. He's uh, he's serious. I, I'm pretty sure he was like 38 or 37 to 39, depending on when they shot it versus when it yeah, came let's out. Yeah, see. Forrest Somewhere Gump. around then. But how old would Joe Pesci have been? I know. Hold on. He... You can't ask me all these questions at once. Uh, he was 38, uh, Tom Hanks. Okay. Uh, Gary Sinise was 39. It came out in 94. I'm going to look up Home Alone 2, which I believe came out in 92. Um, Joe Pesci... Mm-hmm. At the time was forty nine, yeah. which would have made him fifty one at the time of yeah, yeah. So, it's too old to be like a Vietnam lieutenant. Yeah, um, but also like actor, like you don't have to play your actual age in a movie. Well, and that That's is when I was watching some of the scenes, I was like, man, uh, Tom Hanks, a thirty eight year old Tom Hanks, is not believable as a seventeen year old Forrest Gump. Yeah. Uh, which you know, it's fine. You you suspend disbelief. Uh, you know, and this is. Bo- I mean, if they were doing this nowadays, they would have de-aged him to questionable uh, effect. But while we're talking about ages here, mm-hmm. can you can I tell you how ridiculous? It, like there was a, there was like a, an internet uh, kerfuffle, mm-hmm. kerfuffle. Um, people were like. Oh, Sally Field. Oh yeah, yeah, plays yeah. Forrest Gump's mom, and that she was forty-eight, and Tom Hanks was thirty-eight. This just shows that it's like no. This just shows that like most of her scenes were with Forrest as a child. Yeah, so she was not playing against uh, her her normal age, playing against uh, yeah. Tom Hanks at thirty-eight. She was playing against a six-year-old. Well, because they had like played love interests. I yeah, I, I forget him what. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was like they were love interests. But then, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. And it's like there are plenty of examples of women being uh, of that happening to women in Hollywood where, you know, they're they're playing the mother of somebody that it's like, eh, unless they had that kid when they were 10. Right. They played love interests in the uh, the movie Punchline in yes. 1988. But yeah, I, I remember that coming up and always thinking like, well, no, the only time they were both on screen, she was in old lady makeup, like literally on her yeah. deathbed. Um, when we did Forrest Gump, I play a younger version of myself when he was a little boy. Then I age in the middle when he's a young man, and then I go to very old. So it was a great opportunity to play these age, three ages of without prosthetics and being a blah, blah, blah. So it's not a fair example. Yeah. Um, but she does say, mm-hmm. this is uh, from Newsweek.com, uh, 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 has become since a right-wing rag. Um Sally Field clears up Tom Hanks' casting confusion, but still thinks Hollywood is ageist. Yeah. I think she's right. But in this case, yeah, it's, just, it's a down. bad example. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, I mean, this isn't ageism, but uh, Sean Connery playing uh, uh, Harrison Ford's dad in uh, The Last Rock? Crusade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like 10 years apart from each other. Really? But again, it's like, yeah, but the way they're playing these characters, you believe it. Like, it's fine to not always cast uh, exactly right people. You know, like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, people can play a little older and a little younger. Yeah. It's fine. Right. Uh, Also almost cast in this movie as Bubba, David Allen Greer. Almost cast. Ice Cube. Okay. And Dave Chappelle. Hmm. And what's interesting about Dave Chappelle is apparently he regretted not taking the role. He thought the movie wasn't going to do well. Right. That's why he didn't. Because I kind of thought like for these three guys, I was like, like, ah, maybe it was just like, oh, I'm in this movie for like 10 minutes and then I die. Like, that's not like a great role. Um. Uh, and most of my lines are just talking about shrimp. Uh, but apparently Dave Chappelle passed on the role because of that. And then later told Tom Hanks that he regretted that. And Tom Hanks said like, ah, well, I, um, I'll tell you what, we're going to work together one day and convince Nora Ephron to cast Dave Chappelle as his best friend. And, uh, you've got mail, you've got mail. So that's, that's why, uh, or how he got that role. Also, uh, a person who auditioned for Bubba, uh, Tupac Shakur. Hmm. And we know this because he took... How do we know this, though? Well, I, this is interesting to me because he uh, took his, uh, at the time, future wife, to uh, their first date to Forrest Gump. And then told her at dinner afterwards, like, oh, I want to see that movie because I auditioned for it. Hmm. So, like, she, she's told the, the story in more recent years, like, like, oh, he auditioned for that movie because he told me about it. And it just reminded me of the time, uh, I, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast when I saw uh, Black Panther in the, I think it was like opening day. It was like a daytime showing, but it was like a pack showing. 
And like 10 minutes into the first scene, a guy goes, yep, that's me. <laughs> Cause he, I don't think he even had a, maybe he had one line, but he was just like, I don't know, like a guy driving a truck or a yeah. military guy, but like he was on a date and he, it was, and, uh, I just remembered thinking like, I wonder how many dates this guy's taking to black Panther this week to be like, yep, that's me right there. Oh, um, I, I forgot I was in this movie. I mean, he probably didn't say I forgot. Probably. Probably cool. was like, yeah. Have hey, you ever? It is Tom, cool, but he didn't Tom, play it cool. <laughs> remember the time when you were almost in the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, I do remember that time. And you uh, had bad email management skills, so no. you missed out on that. Would you have? I not got cast. Pointed the, that and out. I went to spam every single time. You I would have been quieter about it. I would have said, "That's me. That's me right there. That's Chappie." <laughs> instead of just announcing to the theater yep that's me did you get I, his autograph on your way out though i got uh, a few pictures yeah, yeah. no i mean uh i had respect to the guy for like i mean you're in a you're in a cool movie mm-hmm. was it a good movie the first the first one was good i saw the second one uh, the other night um it was good it was not as good as the first one. I mean, I think the thing ultimately, there are two things, two problems I have with it. One, it was setting up too much other stuff. Okay. Like there were too many characters in it where it was like, why is this person in this? Like uh, the spoiler alert, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool, but she like kind of doesn't really have anything with the plot. It was Does like, she play Selena Meyer, her uh, no. character from Veep? Uh, no, she plays, uh, I, I forget what her name, Madame Hydra, I think is her name in the in the comics or something. That's a dumb name. Um, no, but it's just kind of a like, oh, she didn't have to be in this movie. She doesn't really interact with, the other characters in the movie, the other main characters. Right. This is because they're setting up, I, I think specifically Thunderbolts, like a movie in two years. So it's like, well, there's now the third thing she's in. We've got to have right. her keep And she's playing up. the character of Elaine Bennis. <laughs> I wish. So like, there's that. Is um, she playing the character of uh, Ellie from watching Ellie? <laughs> I won't, I won't get into all of it. She's playing, Old Christine or new Christine in this? <laughs> well, it's the new adventures of old Christine. Uh, but there, there are just like a few characters where it's like, oh, this character has like really nothing to do with this franchise, but they're in this to set up other stuff. And then like other characters that they introduce who are like, uh, you know, that actress, uh, I think her name's Michaela Cole. Mm, I think Michaela is a cool name, but yeah. I don't know who that is. Like, she's great, and she's in the movie, and like by the end of the movie, you're kind of like, why'd they put her in that movie? They didn't really give her anything to do. So there was like a few people they added where it's like, oh, actually, that's cool, but oh, okay, I guess she's just kind of in it. Um, I'm sure she's going to have a bigger role in something else going forward. So there was... One problem I had was that kind of stuff, just too much setting up other plots. And then like, as a result, some characters like a Koye, it's, it was like, oh, she seems like she's got a cool story, but we're not seeing it. Mm -hmm. And then my other problem with the movie is, uh, 
ah, movie is just kind of a bummer. <laughs> like movie, movies are bummers now. Yeah, nobody wants a, a happy story at the. I mean, it, look, it's about know, this, grief. It's about yeah, grief, right? It's a very you know a very weird situation here. Uh, and I think they did a good job kind of, uh, threading the needle there of like, like they have T'Challa again, spoilers, like T'Challa dies of like an illness that he was like keeping a secret. So it's like, all right, that's like close to Chadwick Bozeman, how he actually died. But like, I thought you were just going to refer to him as his first but, name. But you're, but you're Marty. like, you're making sure like you're not saying specifically with cancer, like you're you're kind of like keeping enough distance to like yeah, kind of yeah, be yeah. respectful and not just wholeheartedly copy what what actually mm-hmm. happened. Uh, but again, it's like ah, Marvel movies. Can are... I ask you a question about Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, in real life, mm-hmm. see the Black Panther. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, a lot of people were convinced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, Marvel movies are escapist, and this wasn't very escapist, so it was kind of a uh, bummer. But there were a lot of good. I would still, if you like the first movie, I would recommend this movie. It was still, a, it was still like a good movie, but just, just the bummer thing you couldn't have fixed the setting up so much other bullshit. Yeah, but you got JLD in there. Uh, I put her in all of it. JLD and Tim from the Office in the same movie. Get, I won't. I won't spoil what what they're they're. Do they interact? Yeah. Hell yeah! I'm gonna go Tim, see this. All right, movie. I'm gonna spoil it. They're uh, ex-wife and husband. What? Yeah. That's my dream pairing. <laughs> yeah. All the scenes that she's in, I think, are all with him, or most of the scenes are with him. You kidding me? Yeah. But it, but they didn't give her enough to do. It was like, it seemed like they shot some scenes with her and they were like, we'll figure out which movie we put these in later. Mm. Not really. It had a little bit to do with the plot. But, I know what you mean. You yeah. were you were being a little... Uh, She's great. Oh, I love her. Stinker. I think they could, like, if you want to, like, full on put her in the plot, then do that. Don't just have, like, these three scenes where it's like... And they also did the Disney thing of which is getting very annoying. Singing mice. No, of like having one gay scene where it's very obvious. Like, oh, this scene actually starts five seconds later, and that yeah, is China where they'll can cut, cut that out. The, yeah, this part out, and it's just like I'm I'm sick of them doing that shit and trying to like get credit as yeah. like no look we're being inclusive it's like you're being inclusive where it's like oh these two characters have been in the movie we didn't know they were a couple until five minutes before the movie ends when there's like yeah this one like the beginning of a panning shot starts with them and you can tell okay and then once they're out of the frame uh in saudi arabia we'll cut right there <laughs> right. yeah and make a billion dollars yeah, yeah. well Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're back to Forrest Gump. Fifty minutes in, <laughs> um, it begins with a feather falling. <laughs> Look, this whole movie is framed. Yeah, Forrest Gump, played by uh, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. uh, newcomer at the time and hasn't been heard no. of since. Um, sitting on a bench, mm-hmm. talking to a bunch of people, talking their goddamn ear off, and none of them. 
are really giving them the time of day. Some are. That old lady does. No, she's just going to like, ah, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, nobody takes them seriously till the end. Eh, people, like, people are interacting with them. They're interacting with them, but like they're all just kind of like, yeah, this is just a I mean, an idiot ha- on a bench. <laughs> they're having like normal stranger conversations. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for a bus in New York City is not like waiting for a bus in Alabama, huh? No. That, the the bus he's waiting for takes forever, and then he finds out that he's like a block away from where he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, that's a good bit. Hey, check your phone for us, you idiot. <laughs> Um, he's got an IQ of 75. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born in 1956. Okay. So this made this movie, this movie prime mm-hmm. boomer. Yeah. Yeah, because when we pick up in like, quote unquote, present day, it's like 1981. 1981, or... yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, I mean, we've all seen the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. me and you have seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's born in Alabama. Um, he's, uh, he's got a low IQ. Um, he's got, uh, disabilities. Um, he sees, he's got braces on his legs. Yeah. He sees Elvis Presley dancing. No, he shows Elvis Presley how to dance. Oh, right. He sees Elvis Presley. Well, he later sees Elvis Presley dancing. Yeah, and he goes, I, I showed him how to do that. This guy has been around, it turns out, for like all these baby boomer touchstones yeah he went to the white house multiple times he was like responsible for a lot of things like watergate yeah he's responsible for watergate elvis learning how to dance he he went to vietnam uh what else did he do he uh, uh i was gonna say watergate again <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, he wrote the lyrics to Imagine on the Dick Cavett show with uh, with John Lennon. Yeah, basically, like gave gave him the idea. He gives like a lot of people ideas for things. Yeah, um, there's he gives the guy who came up with Shit Happens the idea. Yeah, he, he gave the smiley face guy the idea. That at that point, uh, okay, ready? <laughs> so like, there's this whole movie. Yeah, right. And it's all intertwined with this uh, love story with uh, Jenny, a girl mm-hmm. that he meets. And I, like, as, well, as a child. Yeah, yeah. From a, yeah they grow up they, together. He's always been in love with. And, like, honestly, like, the Jenny stuff really bums me out. Because, like, why, like, this is, this is, this is Zemeckis, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is, like, um, I, I imagine it isn't like this in the book. But like she's very clearly being like sexually abused at yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. She has a rough life. She has a rough go of it. Um, mm-hmm. um, Zemeckis, it's very clear, is a Hollywood conservative. If you yeah, watch this movie, yeah. like through like a, a, a reasonable a lens. lens, it was just like, like I hate the hippies. That's my the hippies <laughs> were all hypocrites and pieces of yeah. shit. But like it was just like. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the hippies uh, were all wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting watching it now and watching clips now, and and reading about it because it is the very funny thing of like somebody claiming like, no, I made this movie to be apolitical, and it's like you made a movie that just isn't like doesn't scream its politics, but right. its politics are all over it. Right, and like the one like overt the potentially overtly political mm-hmm. scene is when uh 
Forrest does make the speech after coming home from Vietnam. Yeah, and talks about what he's seen there. And very clearly, uh, or like, not very clearly, like as part of the plot, mm-hmm. his uh, microphone gets unplugged. Mm-hmm. You don't actually get to hear what his perspective saying. on yeah. it. And like, uh, it's like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're just, uh, but you know, like his character is like, all right, you're contrasting Jenny. Yeah. Who is, um, goes down the wrong path and fucking dies for it at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And then Forrest, who did all the right things and went to Vietnam and fought mm-hmm. and was an honorable man and like, yep, and he is the squeaky clean hero of all of this, the guy with a freaking uh, high and tight haircut and yeah. well, I watch wears a, a suit everywhere he goes. I watch a YouTube video about this. I, I believe the YouTube channel was called The Take. And uh, they they were kind of delving into the politics of the movie a little bit. And they were talking about, which I hadn't thought about, that if you think about Jenny, like the people closest to Forrest. Uh, well, I'm trying to think about if his mama would count, but like exclude his mama from this. People closest, Jenny, Bubba and Lieutenant Dan. These were all three people with big plans for their lives. And because of that, they got fucked up. They Lieutenant Dan was going to die a war hero, but Forrest becomes a war hero. He gets the Congressional Medal of Honor. Uh, Jenny wanted to become famous. Well, Forrest became famous by playing ping pong. Uh, and Lu- and I said Lieutenant Dan. And Bubba wanted to start a shrimp company. Forrest starts the shrimp company. And like the message of the movie kind of seems to be like, don't you make plans. Don't you try to do something. You should just be like receptive to things as they come and not be mad about it, not complain about it, not try and change it. Just be receptive to it. And and that's how uh, life works. I mean, that because, is kind of- I mean, it is kind of, but I think it, it's it's trying to say like, that's the American dream. Right. That it's a meritocracy. And like, if you just uh, like put your mind to something, uh, even if you're stupid, <laughs> you'll be able to do it. Like they show him playing, you know, so many things, but like playing ping pong where it's like he just has his like superpower is his single minded focus on things. Somebody tells him to do something. Uh, you know, force uh, disassemble this rifle and put it back together again. And then the drill sergeants, you know, God damn, that's the fastest. Why'd you do it? You told me to, you know, or when they give him the football run Forrest, run and he just does it. He just, he doesn't ask questions. He just does what, do what you're told, do what you're told and things will work out for you. Don't question things or have big plans because then God will take your legs away or kill you with AIDS. Or, or is this, shoot you in Vietnam. Or is this a uh, savvy kind of satire where it's just like, this is the American dream that is being sold to you. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Don't have these. Like, is it a commentary on that? Or is I don't it actually, think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that smart that it's uh, commenting on these things. I mean, maybe a little bit, maybe like tongue in cheek, kind of like, well, like yeah. where it's like you have to be like, this is the, this is the, 
the um I think the line and I don't know who said it, but it's like yeah, you have to be an idiot mm-hmm. to thrive in America and live yeah. the and and live the American dream. Right? Like where it's like, yep, as long as you're like the way that America works for you, mm-hmm. um, post boomer or like in the boom yeah. it's just like you have seventy five IQ and do whatever you're told and life will be good for you. Yeah. Um, don't question anything. And like that's an indictment of American society, not like we should all be doing that. Yeah. I don't know, except like the way the other characters are painted doesn't seem Yeah. I mean, except for Bubba, but I mean Bubba's also portrayed as like stupid. Yeah. Uh but like Jenny and Lieutenant Dan but at are... least it's like kind of racist. <laughs> Uh, Jenny and Lieutenant Dan, though, I think are both portrayed as like, uh, like broken people who, who want to try and make something better of themselves. And then that gets struck down. Like they're punished for, for basically having these big ideas and not just like going along with whatever life throws at them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then. There's a scene towards the end. I think also saying something is apolitical also works when you're like, ah, the politics of this are kind of all over the place. (laughs) And I think that's ultimately where this is. And I think like, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think everything needs to, but when you're going through 20th century American history. Yeah. There is going to be an inherent comment there. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, it's all over the place, and that's fine. It's like, no, you should kind of shore up what you're trying to say. Yeah, because in the course of a two-hour movie, you're going to have to, like, skim over some stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, it's kind of you're choosing what to skim over right. and what not to. And... Um, okay. At the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts running. Yeah. Quote, for no particular reason. And spends the next three years. Did you know that that was supposed to be three years? I figured it based on the length of his In a relentless That's not the end of the cross-country movie. marathon. I mean, this is at the point where you're like, it's towards right, this the end, movie I guess. needs to end. Yeah. Like, it's right before it goes back to 1981. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, just run, and like, Tom Hanks has a story of like me and Robert Zemeckis paid out of pocket Mm -hmm. to have the budget to film those scenes. Mm -hmm. They could have cut that shit out of the movie, (laughs) right? Uh, That that was that was like all right enough. (laughs) Like now he's running uh, cross country for three years for what? what, Like what was the thematic? Because it was like his his mom died. Right. And he just kind of didn't know what to do with himself. Mm-hmm. So he just ran. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he had sex with uh, Jenny. Yeah, eventually. No, no. And that, like, he had sex with Jenny, and the next morning, oh, he, he, he went, ran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Jenny left. Right? Yeah. 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 So I think it was just like he didn't know how to deal with his feelings about those two things. So he just started running. You know, literally running away from his problems for three years. Right. And at some point, he has mud on his face. <laughs> and somebody hands him a yellow T-shirt to wipe the mud off his face. And he makes a perfect smiley face. He makes a perfect smiley face. And that was the invention of the smiley face. 
And that's when it's like, what the fuck is this movie? Is this movie actually a cartoon? <laughs> yeah, that that is. But then they're like, oh, but now uh, we're going to have somebody get AIDS, but we're not going to say AIDS. Yeah. Uh, so now it's not a cartoon. It's serious again. Uh, uh, I will say, uh, talking about them paying out of pocket, each Zemeckis and uh, Tom Hanks each made $40 million off this movie. Yeah. They believed in it and uh, had points on the back yep. end and says salary. Like Harry Potter's, gonna, like Daniel Radcliffe's yeah. going to have on the next. Uh, but but Winston Groom also had points on the back end and they used Hollywood accounting to not pay him uh, out on that. But really? year, but then they bought the rights to Gump and Co. The second book he mm-hmm. bought, he wrote. Uh, Which opens with, I think, never let uh, Hollywood make a movie of your life or something. (laughs) Uh, He sold that for seven figures to them. And apparently that kind of like settled it. Okay. I still think he... Well, you know, we'll see how much this strays from the book. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds basically like they, they bought the rights to the second book, not really planning to ever make a sequel. And they were just like, look, we're not going to like claim like if we claim we did make money on this movie, we're going to have to pay other people out and we don't want to do that. <laughs> right. So how about we just buy your second book for a tremendous amount of money for five million dollars and we're never actually going to make it into anything. Now, how does Although, that work? Apparently, a script was turned in for Forrest Gump 2 on September 10th. <laughs> And, 2001 and uh the next day they were like oh, we, and yeah nobody wants to see this we yeah. can't make this uh yeah the way that he crosses with uh with uh significant events in history yeah where was he on 9-11 where was he on 9-11 he, he was probably the hanging out with bin laden and didn't realize that gave bin laden the idea <laughs> Um. All right, I think we probably. What, what were you gonna this. say? I cut you off there. I don't know. Something dumb, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never stopped you before. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I I remember as a kid loving this movie. We had the soundtrack, which was a a uh, which Boomer was a constant yeah. rotation in my home. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tom Hanks is always good in everything he does. I don't think like watching this movie. It, it didn't feel like, oh, this is like age badly or anything. I think it's just like, oh, when I saw this movie when I was like 13, or I didn't really understand a lot of what this is about. And now knowing what a lot, knowing about a lot of these events, it's kind of like, ah, you took like kind of like a cowardly take on a lot of this stuff. Uh, wait, so, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's trying to be. I do believe that, like, Zemeckis isn't trying to like, um, like sneak a political message in. No, I think I it don't just think comes so. through. Well, and, and, like, I think, and I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I think so much of it is like so. So many of the event, like, if you're covering, if you have a movie that like heavily features Vietnam. But you're like, well, I'm going to be apolitical about it by not saying anything about it. Uh, then, like, by not saying anything about it, you're inherently right. 
being like, ah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, although I do think it's kind of implied that Forrest, like based on the crowd reaction and everything, that like he did have just some like, I went there and, and all my friends were killed and I don't understand why. And, you know. Right. I, I think they could have had something like that in there and it would have been fine. It's, you know, it's not like a lot of people now are like, oh, no, Vietnam was great. That was a great idea. <laughs> All right, Tom. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in 94. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to guess Forrest Gump was supposed to be born in like 1950. Okay. So that, like, if this movie was made now, mm-hmm. um, Forrest Gump would be uh, born in, like, 1977. Okay. Um, which, when the movie starts, yeah, would be, like, 1982, right? Because, right. like, he's, mm-hmm. like, five or six years old. Yeah. Well, uh, For- Forrest Jr. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's about how old uh, he was. But, like, I'm just trying to think of now, mm-hmm. a guy, like, like, they would make a movie... Like this was this was marketed to boomers and mm-hmm. like it was like you know I like to talk a lot of crap about the nostalgia of the boomers yeah, yeah. now they but like what would a movie be like like this like if this movie came out now it would be marketed towards yeah. us yeah and it would begin in 1982 and like everything like we'd remember everything that happened through mm-hmm. there and like yeah. I think I would like that. I think I would enjoy that movie. If he was at Woodstock '99. Yeah, no, like seriously, if they're like not even like like not like a sequel, but like the equivalent of this movie that's marketed towards us, made for us. Mm -hmm. That like, as much as I shit on the baby boomers for being like, oh, this is a mouth kiss to the boomer generation or whatever. Like, I think I'd be like, "Eh, I'm kind of into the. Oh yeah, how would this character deal with like? the suicide of Kurt Cobain or something, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I get why boomers would love this movie. Like, you know, it's, it's catnip and yeah, I'm not claiming to be better. I'm not claiming if, if they made this movie today, I think I would know that it was bullshit though. I think I would like, I think if there was an apolitical slant to some of the stuff, I'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) Who would make it right now? Uh, Who's somebody that like made good stuff? Was like, like with like J.J. Abrams. Yeah, probably J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could see that. And it would be like, and that's all I'm gonna say about the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, did we ex- settle? Uh, do they have to sound off in the comments, or did we settle on it's the most gumpterful time? I think of the year? it's the most comfortable. If, but uh, hey, if somebody's got a better idea, send yeah, off yeah. in the comments. We're we're open to suggestions, and let us know uh, what do you think about Forrest Gump the movie. I think I have like a complicated relationship with it because, like I like I said, I really liked it as a kid, but like watching it now, it's like ah, a lot of this bullshit. Like they they didn't say you know jenny had aids it seemed like they were afraid to say aids and like afraid to have Forrest say anything negative about the vietnam war um but you know you could also argue like ah, they were trying to make something more lighthearted. they did well you can't with jenny it's like they still yeah. had her die it was still tragic i'm interested to see like 
what the Jenny character, if there is one in the book, is like. From what I read, and you know, we'll see. Uh, apparently, they like in one of the big differences in the movie is it's centered on that love story. The book is not right, uh, but that also they transferred a lot of force less noble traits to Jenny in the uh, movie. So cool. we'll we'll see what what that uh, what that's about, what that means. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading this book. Me too. Yeah. Um. And yeah, sound off in the comments uh, what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one more thing to say, but I forgot. I'm drunk. All right. Well, I think you're probably more tired than drunk. Yeah, I'm tired and drunk. Yeah. Happens. And, and, and don't forget stupid. I'm very, I'm very, very stupid. Yeah, you were making fun of Forrest IQ, but yours, 74, <laughs> one below. <laughs> one below Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. It's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Um yeah, I don't know. Thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. If I think of what I'm going to say, I'll post it. I'll sound off in the comments myself. <laughs> wow. There, you heard it here first, folks. All right, we'll see you next week. And that's all.